Oh, can you hear me? Yay! <laughs> we can do this. We can do this. I know we can. Welcome, everyone, to the January 2024 edition of The Impact, a sustainable CT podcast. For your edification, your enlightenment, and your entertainment, too. I'm Jim Hunt, Communications Manager at Sustainable CT, so if you're looking for someone to blame for this podcast, well, you can blame me. But remember, this is never a one-way conversation. We always want to hear from you for our edification and enlightenment. Drop us a note, won't you? To info at sustainablect.org. The Impact is brought to you in part by the Community Foundation of Eastern Connecticut. That's right, the Community Foundation of Eastern Connecticut brings people together to work towards a healthy, thriving, in sustainable Eastern Connecticut, and we are oh so glad they do. Visit them at cfect.org. We're very excited to be joined today by Cindy Lignar, newly elected first select woman of the fabulous town of Chester. Chester certified bronze in the sustainable CT program in 2021 and silver in 2023. And we know that Cindy had an awful lot to do with that. Cindy Lignar is a registered nurse and was a fitness instructor for many years, owned her own fitness studio, and served as president of the Deep River Merchants Association. Thoroughly involved in Chester's administration and development, she served in the town's Economic Development Commission as a member of the Regional Planning Committee of the Lower Connecticut River Valley, and why, yes, as leader of the Chester Sustainability Team. And now, as of this past November, she's Chester's first select woman. Congratulations, a little late on that. Uh, we are very happy that she's taken the time out of her busy schedule to be with us. So thank you very much, Cindy, and welcome to the show. I knew we'd get, we'd get there. Thank you very much, James, <laughs> for having me. It's great It's great that you're here. Uh, how does it feel to be first select woman? I mean, is that a, that's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, it's, it's an honor. It is very busy. Yeah. And, but, you know, I enjoy it. And people ask me, well, how are you doing? It, you know, is it what you expected it to be? Yeah, that's, and I say, you know. I'm, I'm fine. I am very <laughs> busy. And yes, it is what I expected it to be. Yeah. Uh, so having been involved on committees like you listed, I also served on the Governance Study Committee as yeah, well. That's right. Right, which led to our charter commission. And so just having all that background did help a lot. Yeah. You knew what you were getting into. Position. Right. You, I mean, you knew, what, you knew what you were getting into. It wasn't a, it wasn't a complete surprise. Eyes so. wide open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, and it must be nice, too. I have never, I've never run for elected office, and I, I've, I've often flirted with the idea. But it must be nice to know that you have the, you know, the support of your community. That, you know, the things you do uh, affect people positively and they, and, and, you know, they support you. And that must, that must be, that must feel good. Right. It feel good. Yeah. It does. And, you know, a lot of work went, went into campaigning uh, and, you know, you really have to connect with people when you, when you do. And yeah. it did help, you know, when you're door knocking to speak with people face to face and, and many, I know a lot of people in town, but there are many I don't know. And it was a pleasure to meet them. Yeah. And sure. so that was, that was a, an interesting experience and a great experience. Yeah. And, and uh, a good way to start the position. 
connecting with as many people as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and as long as we're on this subject, then let me jump to a question I want to ask. What's uppermost in your agenda now that you're a first select woman? Is there what's the mo- the priority thing? And it might might not have anything to do directly with sustainability, but what's what's really the top on your list of to dos at this point? So there there are a few things on yeah. the top of the list that are all very important. Collaborating with all of the departments. There's we I just held a meeting a week and a half ago, and I called it a priority, a project priority meeting with all key departments in relation to infrastructure. So infrastructure is a very important item here. We have bridges that need to be addressed. We have dams that need to be addressed. We have roads that need to be repaired. Uh, Those are the, the needs. And then there's some wants along with infrastructure, such as bike, pedestrian, um, safety improvements on the roads. So, so it's about, it was about, you know, deciding and working with, you know, my teams and partners and departments, boards and commissions to determine what we need to address first. Yeah. So th- so that that's a huge thing, infrastructure. And then it is communications is another one too, making sure that I am communicating and our board selectman is communicating regularly yeah. with our residents. That's huge. I, yes, it is. <laughs> Says and the communications guy. That's, that's huge. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. People, People forget that that's informed. really important. Yeah. Yeah. It is. People need to be informed. They need to know what's happening. They need to understand what we're working on. I initiated a townwide weekly first selectments report. So it's a townwide email and that gets sent out and I address, you know, what we're doing and what we've been working on over the past week and what we're initiating. So I let them know about the meeting that we had, you know, the interdepartmental meeting for priority prioritizing projects yeah for example let them know i say you know there's a thank you in there too the cues are very important there there are many wonderful town staff and volunteers in town that need to be recognized yeah yeah so there there is so we just work on keeping them informed and then i want to also initiate which will happen very soon public meetings so town information meetings yeah so in person so so that'll so we'll be face to face yeah it's not just a matter of, of, of communicating at people or to them but in, but but right. with them getting them engaged keeping them engaged uh-huh. in what's going on and they have a sense of ownership of you know partnership that's that's the whole part of communication it's huge it really is you have all these great plans and you want to do all these things, but if if the folks aren't on board, if they're not part of the solution, then they could very easily become part of the problem. So, communicating is really uh, is really really important. How did how did you first get involved with sustainable CT? So I saw in a townwide email uh, back in I think it was late spring, early summer of 2021, a request from the sustainable team at the time. To join the team, they were working on bronze certification. Some team members had left, so the team was shrinking and had just a, a handful of members, maybe four. And I, I, I had been thinking about joining, was very busy with work, but then the opportunity just 
was there. So I approached the team lead at the time, Rick Holloway, and asked if he mind if I join. And he said, absolutely. And that's how it all began. And then was active, jumped right in with them in learning very fast about how to look at an action worksheet, overview worksheet. (laughs) 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 And yep. And then we we took we each took assignments to complete tasks in order to get the you know apply for the bronze certification and it and it did all work eventually as as all know well how do well then it's a good opportunity to ask you how do you feel about the certification process is it difficult is it time consuming is it fulfilling in some way as well i mean or all of the above or how how do you feel about the certification process are there ways we can improve it because we want to improve it. We know it doesn't work, you know, perfectly for all talents, um, for sure. How, how was your experience in the whole certification process? Say all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's very labor intensive. We don't make it easy, do we? we no, we? you don't make it easy, yeah. but it shouldn't be easy. Right. Uh, it, it's, it does take, it took, I worked, we all worked and we worked, many hours and sometimes many hours a day to work towards a silver certification. The good news is, is it really, you know, even though it's labor intensive, it's a labor of love because you get to evaluate your municipality and you get to see how well you're doing in many areas. And I knew after we were bronze certified that Chester was really poised to to move forward and apply for the silver because I knew we're you know between the Chester Historical Society, the Public Library, the Land Trust, mm-hmm. all partners in town, the Sunday Market. We you know we were doing so many great things, arts and culture that I wanted us to shine more. Yeah. So yeah. so we we all agreed. All right, let's do this, and we did and. <laughs> and here we are silver here certified are. the good news also is there your sustainable ct i can't say enough about the staff there you're supportive every time i had a question i received a timely answer support guidance and you know it, that that experience helped to me to feel connected to sustainable ct Help me to understand the process better when I needed to. Help me to help guide our team. Yeah. And also, I want to say and do a shout out for Summer Mitchell. She was our assigned summer intern. And she oh, yeah. was absolutely integral to our our and and um to our success in achieving silver certification because it was that labor intensive for me and for others uh, who assisted. So. Yeah. We've discovered very key to having those, those fellows and interns and everybody helping support the towns. It really makes it a big difference. And I got to say, I will tell my colleague, the people I work with are fantastic. I'm just the communications guy. What do I know? But in terms of, in terms of working on, on, on the policy, on the actions, uh, the staff, the people I work with, these people are just great. They are very responsive. And, yeah. you know, if, if the town comes with a problem, boom, they're on it. They'll figure it out. They'll help you through it. They want you to succeed. So that's yes. that's huge. I want to set you up for this. 
we we review all of this paperwork. Like you send in these this stuff, and all these towns send in this, and we review it. We have outside experts review too, but we have to do a lot of the uh, initial and then final reviews. So then I got to tell you, some of the towns are better at you know their paperwork than others, and Chester is fantastic. You guys have voluminous, well-organized, you know, uh, paperwork, and 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 it makes my life, it makes our lives a lot easier. And I just want to thank you for that. That's what <laughs> you're welcome. And that was the goal to make sure we crossed every T and dotted every I. Yeah, we hold these things up as being examples, you know, success stories, quote unquote, for other towns to emulate to follow. If if Chester can do it, you can do it too. You know, every town, of course, has a has a different has different resources, some of more than others to, to put to this sort of stuff. Yeah. So we try to make sure that not one size fits all. We're always trying to accommodate different towns and what their needs are. But uh, Chester's work in a lot of these areas was so key. One of your success stories, as it were, had to deal, dealt with the uh, uh, farmer's market, mm-hmm. which apparently is a, is quite a draw. It is. Yeah, well, I, it's so. It is. It's a wonderful. It is a wonderful. Tell me about. Tell, tell us about the Chester Farmers Market because I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Mm-hmm. I, some towns do it like it's like playing the blues. You know, everybody does it, but some do it well. How, mm-hmm. how did Chester accomplish this, and what's uh, what's it all about? It was initiated back in 2009 by some volunteers in town, and it was in response to the downturn you know, the the um, economic downturn in 2008. Well, what can we do? What can we do to assist um, our residents? What can we do to gather our residents? They thought, you know, what can we do to help support our businesses and so on? And they, and you know, and then the thought was access to fresh foods, of course, too. Yeah. So they had a town meeting. They worked with the board of selectmen at the time. They worked with the police and they were able to secure uh, the location downtown. It did move a couple of times, but wound up coming back downtown. And it is, um, we have a great village center. If you haven't visited Chester, please come and visit us. It's a beautiful little town. It looks like a little European village. It is beautiful. I was there many yeah, years ago now, but yes. Oh, good. We'll come back soon, James. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> come back. We have it right there. And you're in the middle of the beautiful buildings. The, the road is blocked off. It runs on Sundays, usually mid-June to mid-October. There's also a holiday farmer's market that occurs between Thanksgiving and Christmas, too. Oh, nice. That's right on the streets. It's not the roads aren't closed, but it's more of an open market format. Vendors come and they're on the sidewalks, but it's still run by the same person who is Susan Hotkowski, who does a wonderful job with the Chester Sunday Farmer's Market. There's entertainment. There's entertainment. There's all types of foods, fresh vegetables, fruits. We have a local farmer uh, farm right here in Chester, Deep Hollow Farm, that participates. There's always, right, there's always different musicians playing on one of the porches uh, or, you know, in our just downtown or under a tent. And they're wonderful, all of them. (laughs) We have a community tent, too, for uh, nonprofit organizations. You know, we're getting out their messages Sustainable, uh, sorry, Chester sustainability team was in uh, one of the the tents one time. And then 
Chester Rotary, they'll be in the tent too. Yeah. So that that works out well. Great. It's just a, great, a really great place for the community to gather. We do have a lot of people come in. I'll see, we'll see a lot of out of state plates even visiting the market. It's really become well known in our region and throughout the state. Yeah. Yeah. And, it has. and area. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, Chester had a, uh, a number of pretty significant community match fund projects over the past several years. There's the Chester. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Chester Fair, Path to Zero Waste, and there was the open air meeting uh, space for the elementary school. And then there was the Tritown Food Scrap Composting Project that involved work with Essex and Deep River, I, I believe. I, I want to take a moment. I, uh, I'll give me just a moment to try to explain to people who, it turns out, a lot of people listen to this who aren't familiar with, <laughs> with some of the things we do. And I have to explain a couple of them. This pointed out to me a while ago. We have something called a community match fund, and this is a program of matching funds we provide to people in sustainable CT registered towns to implement projects that align with our menu of sustainability actions. And as far as grants go, uh, the grant grant processes go, this is about as simple as it gets. I mean, you, uh, and really anyone can apply. You can be an individual resident, a nonprofit organization, a community group, a library, a school group, it, it, anybody really. So if you're interested in starting a community match fund project in your town, uh, really just go to sustainablect.org slash funding uh, and look into the info there and write to us at funding at sustainablect.org. And I also want to give a shout out to the fabulous funders of the community match fund, without whom we would not be able to do any, any of this stuff at all. And that's the Hampshire Foundation, Connecticut Green Bank. Supporting Organizing Work Connecticut and the Tremaine Foundation. Thank you, funders. But as I was saying, and I'm sorry to interrupt so much, but, but as I was saying, Chester had a number of really cool CMF projects. And we particularly love that when towns collaborate to have a bigger regional effect. And the the, the Tritown composting project certainly uh, did that. Can you tell us about that and how did it came come about? Sure. I mean, it was a Tritown sustainability group coordinated effort to make the region four food scraps program happen. Yeah. It started with Essex. Essex elementary school already was food scrapping. And we all decided we wanted to expand that to all five schools in the region. So we have three elementary schools, uh, Essex, Chester, Deep River. Deep River was doing it in part for uh, food scrapping for a couple of grades, but not the whole school. Chester had a small composting pile, but this was different bringing in, you know, um, uh, a vendor to take away food scraps. Yeah. And the, the middle school and high school were not food scrapping. So we decided uh, in January that we were going to, yeah, let's do this. Let's contact Sustainable CT, go for the the matching fund program, and we did it. And it is now implemented in all five schools and or it's, it's going well. And the sustainability team members from all three towns volunteered in the schools for a week or two, whatever it was going to take. We were at Chester Elementary School for two weeks and just helping to guide at lunchtime, helping to guide the kids and assisting the staff. It was really fun. Yeah, kids were very engaged. Yeah, they were doing they were doing a great job. Kids mm -hmm. are fabulous with this. Horse. They are fabulous. <laughs> it, it, so that you start them young, 
and then hopefully that's a practice they'll carry throughout their lives. Yeah. Yeah. The well, they have a sense of excitement about things that we tainted adults tend to, you know, I don't know. It takes more to motivate us sometimes, but the kids, they're all over it. And and it's really wonderful to see them uh, get engaged that way. And yes. was it, was it difficult? I'd say difficult is not the right word. I'm sure it wasn't necessarily difficult, but what, what are the challenges involved in working across town lines? Did were there any, or does that did that come natural to to uh, this region for you folks? Just, uh, it, more natural, okay. good communicators between the leaders of each team in each town. So we were communicating by email often and keeping each other updated. So that that wasn't too difficult. We we made sure that we had flyers to post around. We sent them throughout the region for um, school system. Uh, when we were fundraising, when we were at Earth Day in April, we had a poster at our tent. We would visit each other's Earth Day projects in different towns. But so we're we're, we're supportive of each other. So it did flow fairly well. And it, it took a little bit of hmm, encouragement <laughs> to help the public focus on the need for it and, uh, and, and, you know, collect funds. We actually, a couple of us would sit downtown at a table during, you know, first Friday, we have first Fridays in Chester. It's another thing that we do, which is really great in Chester. You know, so we and then we would have visitors from Essex or Deep River coming to say hello and supporting us. So a very collaborative and supportive effort occurred, which ultimately led to raising enough funds and then getting the matching fund so that we could institute the program in all three towns fully. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's take a let's take a quick break uh, for a second and we'll we'll sell some widgets and we'll come right back. We'll return to our program in just a moment. You've been listening to The Impact, a sustainable CT podcast. Hey, while you're out there tripping the web fantastic, don't forget to join us on Facebook for some fun and interesting stuff. Guaranteed safe for children and pets. Come on, be our friend, won't you? At facebook.com slash sustainable CT. And we, like millions of others, have hopped on the Instagram threads bandwagon at instagram.com slash sustainable CT and threads.net slash at sustainable CT. And yes, of course, we're LinkedIn. Search for Sustainable CT from your LinkedIn page, and you'll find us right there being all LinkedIn and media social. And if you're not yet a subscriber to Actions and Impact, the Sustainable CT newsletter, you could be missing out on some very important information to you, to your organization, and to your town. Accept no substitutes. Do yourself a favor and subscribe today. And you can do that where? At SustainableCT.org, of course. Welcome back, everybody. We're uh, talking with Cindy Lignar, the recently elected first select woman of Chester, who has graciously joined us today. Having a great conversation. Cindy, let's talk about, you know, some, some other CMF, some other projects that Chester has been pursuing. What's uh, the zero waste, the, the zero waste fair project that you had going? What was that all about? Right. So the zero waste project. So the Chester Fair agricultural and mechanical fair occurs annually in the last weekend in August, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Kim Price 
on the board of the Chester Fair decided that he wanted to attempt zero waste with, you know, at the fair. He called around to different fair organizers in New England or actually even around the country and discovered that the Chester Fair is only the second in the whole United States agricultural and mechanical fair to make this effort. So really, yes. That's so he shocking. Very, <laughs> yes. So he did get a matching fund through sustainable CT to begin, you know, to cover the costs. Volunteers from Chester, the Chester, uh, the Valley Regional High School, all commissions, conservation commission, sustainability team, and from Deep River in Essex also stepped forward to stand at the disposal station. So we have we have three bins: a bin for trash, a bin for food scraps, yeah. and a bin for recycling. <laughs> and uh, so so throughout the year, so we this was the third year, third year, and you know we've learned how to speak with people, how to monitor, have have better bins to dispose of that make it easier for people to understand where to put what we did find that people require you know assistance with putting <laughs> the correct waste to the correct and a little encouragement bin. and this, yeah. But enc yeah encouragement yeah. helps and so <laughs> he has i don't know the statistics but he has definitely diverted waste to a significant level and we're going to continue that yeah i mean just anecdotally but, from from looking at the process you did it feel like a, a success? Look like yes, yeah. Okay. A, a, way, a little bit of ways to go to to get to. We'd love to get to one hundred percent, right? But we're we're getting there. And and Kim is just he did an amazing job organizing, planning this, and implementing it. Yeah. So yeah. we're really proud of that effort and him. Yeah, and again, you know, I'm kind of shocked that so few other towns mm -hmm. have been doing this. But this is a great. Again, this is a great example to hold up as being, you can do this. See, mm -hmm. we've done it. <laughs> exactly. Follow our lead. Look what we've done and take our experience to heart and, you know, go out and do it too. And we can all have a much bigger impact that mm -hmm. way. Um, and, and speaking of uh, projects and working with our other towns, were there other regional collaborative efforts you've made uh, in other areas? Do you, do you work regionally with uh, a lot of towns in your well, we do work with River Cog. So River Cog okay. is our right. Yeah. So our, we're, we're, we belong to the 17th town River Cog, Lower Connecticut River Valley Council of Governments. Yeah. And the River Cog is also a very supportive organization. We have a great Cog um, in yeah, ours. They're, based, they're based out of Essex, yes. Yeah. They recently received a grant to study regional waste management solutions That's right. so that is that is a huge thing for yeah, well a, of course the country our state it's a big problem in have, connecticut huge. it is a big problem we're still <laughs> we're still trucking out too many tons of yeah. our waste to states like pennsylvania and ohio and it's just not right so waste management solutions are high are a high priority for our town, for our tri-town area, for our region. So I look forward to seeing what River Cog and our groups, you know, our partners can come up with. Yeah. 
the waste management issue in Connecticut has really reached crisis level all throughout the state, you know, because yes. of uh, because of the incinerator that shut down in Hartford and really cramped everybody's <laughs> everybody's style. Trying to f- figure out this out is going to be hard and and, and very necessary and urgent. Mm-hmm. You're not Absolutely. alone. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. For certification, Chester also did a lot of work in what we call optimizing for equity, uh, our phrase for it. Talk a little about that, if you would. What do you think is the value of that process? Could it be done better or differently? And uh, would it, does it have, do you think it will have a lasting effect on the you know, dynamic of the town? What, what, what's your take on optimizing for equity in the certification process? So it took me a little bit. This is where Jessica was very helpful <laughs> yeah. uh, to to grasp the concept of what that action is exactly looking for. So how to define it and how 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 it's implemented and how to capture that in our activities and and are we doing this? So optimizing for equity was was a little challenging at first, but then I started to understand it better. Uh, in order to document what we needed to and meet that action. So, so for example, uh, we did several, I, we did four. We had, uh, and then I'll, I'll just talk about Earth Day real quick. We had our first town-wide annual Earth Month and Day event this past year, this April 2023. Yeah. There are already s- separate Earth Day activities occurring, like there's an annual Chester cleanup day on Earth Day that the Chester Land Trust has been coordinating uh, for a few years now. I think it's three years, and it's a it's a remarkable effort. And then the Chester Rotary, Chester Conservation Commission, Garden Club are involved in the pollinator garden, and they so they had an activity around that. But it was a town-wide effort that we wanted to pull together. So we sent out a survey. So you have to engage, like you said, you have to engage your residents. Yeah. You need to hear from them what are their ideas, how do they want to collaborate, what you know, what do they want? So before we even started this Earth Day event, we sent out a survey, we created a survey monkey survey and then did a town-wide survey. What would you, what activities and programs would you like to see happen on Earth Day and during Earth Month? And we did get a response back. We also took that survey, I posted posters around town, down in the downtown kiosk, at the post office excuse me, at the public library, sent it through the school system, through the Region 4 school system, so that it was posted and communicated to all parents and children, because you want to engage everybody. You want to engage seniors. You want to engage children, teenagers, as, you know, a variety of voices. And that's really what equity is, is collaborating and hearing from, engaging with as many residents, and then also residents that might not tend to come forward. So you have right. to reach out to them. Yeah. So seniors may be living in a senior area that can't get out. Well, how do you reach them? So I would have somebody distribute the surveys to them at their residences. So you're engaging, you're hearing from them. And then, you know, so that that worked well. We got some ideas from them. 
also out of that, because we distributed, you know, here, what what are your ideas in the school systems? And uh, a group of, of kids at the Chester Elementary School went to their art teacher and said, we want to do something for Earth Day. We want to be part of this and we want to be at the sustainability tent with them. So they created a tree, a sustainability tree, and they molded it. It was in an old pot and they they made um, tags with their thoughts about, you know, clean, clean up, you know, don't don't litter, uh, recycle. And they had all these great ideas on this tree, which today still is displayed in a in our in a business downtown called Reboot Echo which is a reuse, recycle store that we have downtown. And she's remarkable too. So, so we, 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 we put the word out and we heard from them and it, it was wonderful. Now so do you, do you, it is, it's, it's about engaging and collaborating, hearing from them. Yeah. And do you think that the process, I guess I'm, I'm trying to just make sure we're constantly trying to evolve and mm-hmm. better do better what we do and having feedback from, folks like you who actually go through this process is really important. Uh, otherwise we're just making stuff up. And we, what we want to be able to do is hear that feedback. You know, this worked for us. This didn't something, you know, why don't you try this? This might work better for us. Did you find that the process itself was valuable uh, in terms of, you know, we're talking about engaging in people in the community but equity is one of those really difficult subjects you get into because it deals with mm-hmm. race and it and ethnicity and uh, gender and income levels. Like you said, all manner of people who may not may have had a difficult time getting into the town process before. Not you know not always listened to or don't think you got to reach out a little harder to get there to get involvement in, in some of these uh, community areas of community. Does the process itself? help change the minds of people in town government or involved in Chester's uh, operations or, or, or not so much? I, think it, I, I do think it does help town leaders to identify how they could reach out, how they can improve on, on outreach. Yeah. And I think it does help in that way. I think, I think the definition might be just, you know, is a little bit narrow, you know, with, what type of in, input you're getting or how you get the input from from your townspeople because it really is defined as the town your residents reaching out to you yeah but i think it's also okay to engage and reach out to them and begin an action okay yeah, you know what absolutely. i'm saying yep mm-hmm. for sure in yeah. fact necessary quite necessary in a lot of respects mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're part of a marginalized community or been, you know, traditionally not listened to for, gener- mm-hmm. you know, for generations, you're not you're not really tuned to being heard, mm-hmm. stepping up to the microphone and making yourself, you know, part of the process. Mm-hmm. It really is very helpful and a lot of times necessary to reach out to people like that, to really get them, to bring them in, to engage them, make the, yes. making the extra effort. It sounds like Chester has done. That's, got, the, that's and, really part of it. Yes. Yeah. And as a result of that, but because of a, for a lot of reasons, I am going, we are starting as a board of selectmen and I, you know, a citizens liaison council. That's what I'm calling it. We're, we're at the, the 
framework level. We still have to define the framework. So I see it as a vehicle for, it'll be a group of volunteers in town who who will assist town leaders with communications and outreach. So it'll be a conduit, two-way communication conduit for between residents and town leaders. So optimizing for equity in a way inspired me to do that and move forward on that initiative to form that group. But I may have anyway, yeah, because I right. see the need for it. And, and many, not just me, many in town see the need for that. Yeah. But optimize for equity does inspire me to do that as well. Yeah. And to form that type of liaison. Well, we don't pretend for a moment we came up with these things. I know there are towns out there and and town officials who want to pursue this kind of, we're kind of like giving extra emphasis oomph, to it a little, you know. Yeah, that's a great idea. Run with that. You know, <laughs> that's part of our job too. I had an idea. I was thinking about something just this morning, asking about this, because you're a nurse and uh, my wife came home from a, she, she travels a lot and works uh, in, at con- in conventions, going to a lot of group things. She came home last night and said that uh, one of the participants had COVID. And oh, of course, boy. then, the, you know, the whole network, you know, they had to connect it. They had to talk, talk to everybody, let, you know, let everybody know that this has happened. So take precautions and do testing and whatnot. But, you know, I'm not a young guy. <laughs> COVID scares me still. And it's still out there, right? It's still out there. And I'm wondering, so how does that inform you, you know, as you're having been a nurse, you no doubt you were involved with COVID round one when it blew through, right? But it's not over yet, right? It's not, is that concern you uh, at all at this point in Chester? Are you looking out for this? Is Have, have the rates of incidence of COVID jumped at all in, in, in Chester? Are you aware? Well, so... So that's a big question. Sorry, off topic too. <laughs> it's an important question. That's okay. Be just recently, I, from December 2020 through 23, um, I left the job in June. I was working with the Middletown Health Department. I first started uh, as a volunteer. I told my husband when the vaccinations become available, when COVID first hit, pandemic, um, and it was so bad. And we knew, you know, we are waiting for those vaccines to come out. I said, when the vaccines are available, I want to be on the front lines. So helping because I knew we we all knew it would take an army, right, to vaccinate the whole state. Yeah. So a lot of people jumped in. And so we jumped in. And then I was on the Connecticut Medical Reserve Corps doing that. I worked with the Middletown Health Department. I was eventually asked to join as a part-time public health nurse, and I did. So in all of that, I do have a background with lots and lots of vaccinations, and that is important to be vaccinated. Yes. From a, from a, a, a Yes, nurse. you hear that, everybody? Get vaccinated. And that, <laughs> yeah, right. Medical perspective, science-based, you know, evidence-based, you know, facts that vaccinations help. I just read an article about that yesterday. I receive regular emails from uh, an epidemiologist. So I do track it. I do watch it. I look at the trends. People are not testing like they used to before. Some people decide not to test. There's no more requirements. There's no more masking requirements. So the data is kind of tough to watch. But they, you know, around the country, 
wastewater is tested so you can see if it goes up the virus is detected yeah. then it goes up you can see trends that way hospitalizations are another metric that is watched by public health officials yes they are going up in our state are you testing the water in chester no yeah. no no there it, it would be at a waste treatment plants okay, okay. so it's it's and there aren't too many in connecticut that are testing yeah. as far as i know uh don't quote me on that but i think there's one or two <laughs> but anyways uh, so and then you can see sometimes they'll test uh waste uh, waste on airplanes and you can tell yeah. <laughs> know what's going on it is you know look it's that time of year it's after the holidays everybody's gotten together you have flu you have rsv you have covid yeah. rsv seems to be tracking you know lower now flu is kind of prominent seems to be going down COVID's there so you know use use precautions if you if you're immunocompromised if you're older you know just be careful in crowds maybe you want to wear a mask yeah. the the masks do work <laughs> yeah. and uh you know and, and just be wise and really the go-to authority is the CDC look at their guidelines if you test positive and it's good to have home tests stay home for five days Sure. Right. Stay home and isolated for five days. And then you're supposed to wear a mask, a well-fitted mask for five more days after when you're around people. Whether people are doing that or not, who knows? Some are, some aren't. We all some. just want, we all were so happy. We wanted it to be over. You know, right. we want to think it's over, but it's, it's not going to be over. It's no, the virus keeps mutating. You know, there's more, yeah. Im, you know, immunized people. So let's hope that it stops mm. and yeah. at some point, but not well, right now. It's still know, there. Thank mm -hmm. you for that. Thank you for that. But we, we'll, we'll bring it back to sustainability. But okay. you know, all of these things are, sustainability touches a lot of areas. And I'm not going to try to make that bridge, but in, it really is inter, the interconnectedness of, of, sustainability reaches pretty much everything that a town is doing. And I was wondering, so I had asked you earlier, which was a priority on your, 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 your agenda. Now that you're select woman, what is, what do you see as the most challenging sustainability issue that you're facing? Strict, strictly sustainability, the, the garbage area and uh, waste management. Is it, uh, you know, resource management of natural resources or what's, what's really facing you at this point that uh, you're concerned with down the road? It, and could be a concern 50 years from now, for that matter. What's the right. biggest thing in your plate? So climate change, I I'm concerned. That's the biggie. <laughs> that, I'm concerned about that. Since I've taken office, we've had, I think, four events now, weather-related events. We are on, or Chester sits on the Connecticut River. Yeah. We have a lot of waterways that flow through Chester. And we have dams. And so we need to make sure that we are, are as prepared as we can be with the right infrastructure and the right plans in place to make sure that we keep our residents safe. Yeah. So we have a very robust Department of Public Works team. They're, they're amazing. They've, they've had to tackle, you know, flooding and roads they just did yesterday because we had yeah. you know some water on um, one of our roads here as a foot deep so they had to deal with that so we need to be right what can we do to make sure that we're ready for increased rainstorms and the amount of rain that we're having that is that is, that is a big priority and then we saw what happened in norwich right so we're of course we're looking at all of our dams we have 
several dams in town too. We want to make sure that they're maintained properly and that if they need repairs, they get repaired ASAP. Yeah. And they're, you know, they you have to deal with the, uh, you know, work with deep on that and other partners. So that's that's a huge priority. Yeah, especially given your geography and given where you're located on the Connecticut River. It's got to be a and all the large waterways concern. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be a large concern. And you know, part of our 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 shtick really for us is you know, everybody's concerned about climate change. And yet everybody many people feel a lack of ability to do anything about it. Like what what can I do that's going to save the planet? You know, there's that 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 disconnect. Um, and one of the things we like to tell people is, you know, if we work, if we're, if, if we're all working together, if towns are all pulling in the same direction, we're going to have a larger effect. We're going to have a regional effect. We're going to have a statewide effect. And then we in turn work with regional and state and nationwide sustainability Mm -hmm. uh, organizations to be able to affect change. And it, and, Mm -hmm. and really just magnifying that impact magnifying the impact really does gives people a sense of effect, efficacy and uh, you know that they're they're really making a difference so i i can see that you know climate change is a huge issue for for chester and it, it isn't going to it's not getting any better it's not going to go away we're not going to wish it away it's something we need to we need to address how how has chester been doing with energy savings and finding alternative energy uh methods any any progress in that that area? We, do, we do have yes, we're looking at that right now, and they and we have been. Chester has been actively looking at how how can we save energy first of all. Yeah. So we have an energy team, and the energy we're we're also CPACE as well. Yeah. Oh, they're so, great. Yep. Right. So we are looking at ways. Well, how can we save and how can we conserve on our utilities throughout our town buildings? To educate the public, how, what, how, you know, work with Eversource. We're actually setting up a meeting to work with Eversource, our energy team, our Department of Public Works to see what we can do a little bit better. But we have been actively working on that and yeah. actuating the savings because of that activity. Like I say, so it saves you money. Energy team for that, <laughs> right? We're looking right. also at, uh, and they've been working and have have grant funding for. And by the way, all of these projects that we have here facing us, it's not just Chester's, all municipalities. We need funding. Sure. We need infrastructure well, funding and support yeah. from the state, from the federal government to make sure that we can protect our, you know, have that funding and make these these improvements. We're in, a lot of our towns are older. We have old infrastructure going way back. You know, 1800s culverts and bridges and and all of that. So it really is a priority. And I know it is for our state government as well. Yeah. I actually just um, met with Susan Beiswitz yesterday. She came to visit me <laughs> and uh, she she agrees, you know, infrastructure is a huge priority and helped direct me in in a couple of ways for, you know, for contacts, for funding. I've met with Joe Courtney and so on and for the same thing. But anyway, so we need that funding and that infrastructure to make sure that we're doing everything that we can. But then getting back to energy, yes. So how can we move forward? Yes, let's keep working with the energy team. How can we move forward in in, in energy savings, reducing our carbon footprint and reducing costs to our town? Yeah. And it, it is a, a huge funding issue, and increasingly so as climate change becomes more disruptive to life. I was having a conversation with 
uh, Giovanni Zinn, who's the engineer at, in New Haven, and you know they're in a peculiar. They're right there on the water, and they they have a lot of water issues, and and some that are. He's telling me, you know, there's no way we have the budget to address what climate change is is doing to us and what it's going to do. And I made the point of just, you know, I've got a devil's advocate. I said, you know, why should somebody in Detroit or Chicago or L.A. pay for your water to fix your water problems, your, your climate issues? He says, well, because we're paying for theirs. You know, that the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the effects of climate change are regional but nationwide. Everybody's, ha- everybody's having some issue, with whether it's fire, you know, water, yes. uh, heat. It's, mm-hmm. you know, every area of the country is having an overwhelming issue. So it's going to require everybody in the country to address them, uh, even, you know, nationwide. So and money, and money worldwide. Is yeah. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, too. Worldwide. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cindy, we are out of time. Wow, that zoomed by really fast. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Really do appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. And <laughs> thank you so much. And I wish you all the best in your relatively new position there in in, uh, in Chester. And you got, I'm sure you're going to do great things. And, and we want to be there with you. We want to be there helping you. We want to do whatever we can to support you uh, in Chester. So keep us much in- appreciated. And I know that you're there as a strong partner for us too. Absolutely. Very much appreciated. And thank you for having me today. It was an honor. Say hello to everybody for me. We hope you've enjoyed today's edition of The Impact, a sustainable CT podcast. As always, this program is recorded, produced, and copyrighted, yeah, by Sustainable CT. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our sponsor, the Community Foundation of Eastern Connecticut. Thanks again to Sydney Lignar for all her work in support of sustainability in Chester and the surrounding area. And thanks to everyone for taking local actions that have a statewide impact.